0: back to the church society podcast I'm joined this week by Amanda Robbie say hello Amanda
1: hello everyone
0: Um, it's been really great uh, to see people uh, watching and listening over the last couple of weeks I keep forgetting to say but I'm gonna remember to say it this week if you're watching on YouTube do make sure that you are subscribed to our channel and also you might want to click on the little bell next to the subscribe box to make sure you get notification every time we upload a new video uh, you can see all the podcast videos on the podcast playlist, but you also might want to check out some of our other playlists and videos as well. Great. So Amanda, we've got various things uh, that are sort of going on at the moment, some of which are coronavirus related, but not all of them, which is nice, I think. I'm going to start with something that that is only tangentially uh, related to that. But it is something that I have just noticed uh, has been at sort of around in the sort of conversation in the last few months, perhaps uh, more than normal, and that is the subject of abortion. So um, a few months ago, uh, that wonderful uh, lady, Heidi Crowder, who has sound syndrome, uh, launched her campaign to sue the government against their discriminatory policy on abortion, uh, late-term abortion of people with disabilities. Um, more recently, uh, when we went into lockdown, one of the first things the government announced Was that they were relaxing the laws around home abortion. So you can get medical abortion pills. um, You used to have to go to a doctor and be prescribed, uh, but now you can get them sent to your home and take them at home. Um, It is a subject that obviously Christians have been concerned about. Is it something that um, is sort of uh, taught on in your church? Is it something that you have thought about much? Is it something that? that you feel we should be engaging in more as Christians?
1: Yeah, it's, I don't think it's... I've heard it mentioned as an illustration in, a, in passing in a sermon as a sort of a pickup of something that's that's been in the passage. And But I haven't heard any really more detailed teachings since I was a student, I think. And I think it is some, it's a subject that certainly young people who are trying to work out their ethical framework Discuss and so I know my, I've had a discussion with my daughter about it and and my boys my teenage boys are also open to discussing the ethics of abortion um, but yeah not not something we've had any sort of major teaching on on our church we don't have anyone who's uh, sort of majorly passionate about helping people with abortions although I suspect in our area is probably quite a high level the sort of whole teenage pregnancy thing has gone away hasn't it so now it's just people get quick abortions and so you don't see that those effects in the same way I think it's not as as up there in people's minds because that we're not seeing lots of teenagers getting pregnant so then we're not not thinking that they're actually getting pregnant and losing the babies
0: exactly it's not that they're not getting pregnant teenage pregnancy is still a big problem but it's so much easier for people to access the morning after pill um, or even later abortions and so as you say it's it's very um hidden in our society these days in a way that perhaps even 20 or 30 years ago was was much less the case and i i think that slightly worries me when you say um you know, you thought about it more as a student, you've talked with your mm-hmm. teenage children about it at that sort of ethical level. But yeah. actually, you know, th- this isn't just a sort of theoretical subject for ethical dilemmas. Mm-hmm. It, it is a real-life subject, not just for, obviously, wi- women who get pregnant, but also for those children um, who who are dying as a result of this. And And I i i agree with you my experience is similar i think we i i don't remember hearing a lot of teaching in church about it except perhaps as an occasional application of something yeah. but i it, it is such a a real and serious thing yeah that i just feel maybe we are letting people in our churches down by not addressing it more and more openly i wonder for example whether our churches are always places where people who have had abortions would feel able to admit that and deal with that or whether they're places where people who feel guilty about having abortions hold on to that guilt and and never are able to deal with it or or you think it's somehow are left to think it's fine
1: what yeah maybe maybe one of the problems of not addressing it is dealing with is is, is ministry to those who have been impacted by it themselves not not so much you know, i think of our congregation and there's, there's almost nobody i could think of who would be likely to have an abortion because of the age demographic and the sort of you know a, life situation um, life yeah situation yeah but there, there may well be people who have are carrying some guilt or shame or pain about it, which we maybe aren't ministering to, although maybe those conversations are going on much more privately rather than in a being addressed in a public way. So Yeah, that's
0: true. That is true. I I think my feeling is often for these very difficult subjects, Mm. in order for people to feel comfortable addressing them privately, it can be really helpful. Yeah. to have some acknowledgement of them um, publicly as well um, and, and for people to, to feel able to do that. Um, I, w- I wonder they, whether there's something more than just the, the kind of ministering to the individuals in our congregation, which is a thing I think we need to be doing more, whether as Christians in this country we've sort of given up on any kind of political activism around this, any attempt to, to try oh, yeah. and change the rules. And, you know, so, for example, the, the thing around the home abortion, it seems to me extremely likely that even when we're out of lockdown, even when things have gone back yeah. to normal, that that will just continue now. The a med-
1: medical procedure and it's all been fine, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I do think that it just has become such an accepted part. society and also there's a sort of um it's quite interesting talking to my daughter you know students there's very much you know obviously I won't do that but I don't want to impose that on other people so there's that sort of um uh, liberal if you like um uh, political liberals would say that you know you know you do what's right for you but I'm not going to impose my views on other on other people and and I think that, that there's there's quite a lot of that in our society that we won't you know the sort of the 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 tolerance and so on is that obviously I would never have an abortion but if you want to that's your choice
0: yes and I think that's very worrying isn't it I think that sort of rhetoric around for example sexuality is one thing Mm -hmm. but the the problem with abortion obviously is that there is the unborn Mm -hmm. child who never gets a voice yeah in that and actually that is the the role of of the state is to protect the vulnerable who don't have a voice and i I, yeah that that certainly to me feels like a very different kind of argument when you remember there's a third person
1: yeah i mean i've seen um catholic commentators being quite outspoken about it and 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 it's often catholic groups roman catholic groups who have run the protests at abortion clinics or whatever um, but often the, the, the discourse gets so unpleasant that then there, there's a sort of disinclination to be involved. So mm-hmm. it, it it's really tricky, isn't it, to, to to make sure that we're speaking up for the unborn but not um, thereby demonising those who've made that difficult choice. Mm-hmm. Because, no, you know, no woman goes for an abortion like it's a great thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's a massive mistake and there's, there is always going to be some sort of is an ethical dilemma for her. So how do we care holistically? I know some churches do have abortion ministries. I know um, Dundonald, isn't it in South London, have had um, a, a, a counselling centre.
0: Yes. You need someone um,
1: passionate to set them up, and to, and to, and and I think there was one locally in Stoke-on-Trent. There were proposals for. So. Yeah,
0: that sort of actual uh, counselling, but also being willing to really get your your church stuck in and say do you know what you feel like you don't have an alternative let's show you how we can help you so that yeah. there feels like there is an alternative and yeah. you know not just for the next six months but for the next 20 years yeah we'll walk alongside you and help you raise this child and yeah. um do those things well um i think it is an important subject i i want to comment to you and we'll put a link to this in the description below The BREFOS conference, which happened online a week or two ago um, with, uh, amongst others, Glenn Scrivener and Vaughan Roberts and various people speaking at that. And just, I haven't watched all of it, but what I have seen of that, there's some really helpful advice and also just some really moving um, testimony of people um, who've been through this in different ways. So I do think that's a thing I, I want to commend to you and maybe to people in your churches to just think about Actually, is there more that we could be doing um, mm. to care for women, to help them care for their children and to be active in somehow trying to change the political discourse on this subject? Because, you know, it's people's lives and and we should care about that, um, perhaps more than we sometimes remember to. Well, speaking of... Um, life and death uh, that is the subject that is all around us one way or another um last week the church of england uh, launched uh, a phone line i think it's called daily hope um and it is phone line for prayers hymns and words of hope and comfort um and it just made me think what is the message that that as a church we want to be Giving people at the moment, people are very scared. A lot of them very anxious. Many already grieving, and um, and so on. Do we do we want to give people a message of hope and comfort, Amanda? What do we want to be saying to the world out yeah, there? Yeah, well,
1: Amanda? yes, of course we want to give them hope and comfort, but we want to give them hope, the hope and comfort of the gospel, mm. which is not the same as a nice rainbow and clap for the NHS, is it? It is. Um, it's not sort of one day things will all be better sort of hope without any reason for that being true so as christians we know one day everything will be better when the lord comes again when we're taken up to glory when we're in revelation 21 but as uh, the secular we want to make sure that people understand that there's more to hope than just everything will be better there there
0: Yes, and that 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 great hope that we do have isn 't a dead cert for everyone, no matter what and mm. um I think that's that 's one of the things I think that churches are struggling with and and that slightly makes me anxious about this this phone line. not that I think it's a bad thing to do, but it's it 's so difficult when you have no idea who you are speaking to and what their situation is mm. to make sure that that you're Uh, presenting a message that is right and appropriate to them so even for Christians that's quite hard because we don't really know where everybody's at at the moment and who needs encouragement and who needs comforting and reassurance and who needs spurring on Mm. but when you've got somebody who you don't know at all and who doesn't know the Lord at all to to know what words to speak into that situation is really hard isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think I think it's interesting that you know the, the sort of online services that everyone is doing. You are, you know, when my husband, when Neil is preaching, he is preaching to our congregation and thinking of them, and and not of maybe extra onlookers. And you know, obviously, lots of people are quite excited. We are getting people viewing in from elsewhere I think you was it one in five something Mm. like that I saw a statistic
0: they reckon one in five of those who've been attending some kind of online service never go to church normally so you know I mean that's huge if we suddenly had you know 20 extra people out of every hundred turn up on Sunday who were new we'd we'd be amazed and delighted Uh,
1: it it would be wonderful but um, because you don't know them it's much harder to speak into their situation so there's a real sort of. Um, I know some people have sort of changed their preaching programs because of the virus, but I've seen an awful lot of people are just ploughing on with what they planned already because people need to hear the same gospel. It's only the it's only the gospel that changes us. It's only the gospel that makes a difference, and we just need to hear that, and we need to hear God's word expounded and and taught and um, preached um, to our hearts so that we can follow Christ and. You know, whether people are, you know, looking in or are always in church, they still need to hear the same thing. And yeah, the the danger is that we would want to just to sort of give people some sort of fluffy gospel to make them feel better. We want people to feel better, don't we? Yeah. But actually, that doesn't make you feel better in the end if it's not rooted.
0: Yeah, that's right. I think I was interested that they've set this up as a phone line, because as you say, many of us are, are doing online church these days, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of advantages. To doing online church um but obviously not everybody is online Mm -hmm. and i just wondered you know where i've seen churches setting up this kind of phone line service it's mostly been you can ring up and listen to the sermon from sunday and you know that's a great thing to do particularly for people in your congregation who can't access it online here's a way that they can they can get some of that but i wondered if there were other creative ways we could think about using those kind of phone line services
1: well i think i think in the in the longer term you know now we've all got our heads around all this technology <laughs> there is going to be a lot of um, a lot of ways that we could think creatively and i think um certainly the local phone numbers for local information so are you know in you know a little information about what's on at church this week uh, things about um reflections on a local situation that people could do a sort of more of a thought for the day rather than a sermon. There's lots of options there. If, if people, if those phone lines do sort of start getting used a bit, it's just, it's hard to know. The thing is, it's hard to know how effective they are and, you know, whether they're worth the hassle of all the time spent doing them. And that, you know, we've had a phone line, but I'm not sure. we have not really got to grips with using it. So it's, it, yeah. It, if you're a small church with not many resources, you have to, you have to yeah. um, marshal them well and um, yeah
0: absolutely it's not going to be the top priority for, no. for every church to be doing but i wonder there might be some churches that do have more capacity or yeah. you know somebody who's really got time on their hands for this sort of technology and yeah. i did i did wonder whether there was a real evangelistic opportunity there something that that isn't just aimed at your your church but actually is aimed at your community yeah 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 and you know here's a number to phone you know if you're in you know this area if you're in this town and and as you say it could be much more personalized it could be reflecting on local things it could be yeah. some news of local events but also that sort of you know here's oh. a prayer that i'm going to yeah. say here's a well, bible reading here's a little thought
1: Yes, when, when Neil, um, when he we first set it up, I think the first thing he had on there was a prayer about the current about the current situation because everyone was like just, you know, everyone's heads completely all over the place. And he thought that that would be, what would be helpful for people is to listen to a prayer. So yes, I, I'm sure there's, there's options there to have you know and the one we have has a sort of little menu so you could sort of you know dial one for local news two for a prayer three for a hymn four for a sermon you know yeah or
0: you know five if what you need is to be put in touch with
1: someone who can yeah yeah or five for for details of counseling yeah 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 Yeah. there's quite a lot of this new new these new things that we've learned about which is uh, proving Yeah. yeah could be very useful in the long run, yeah.
0: I think that's right. And I think as we're all sort of starting to realise that this is going to be long-term in in some form or other, you know some of these things may may need to develop in different ways. Absolutely. Well, as we are still um, in lockdown, um, one of the things uh, for some people that that is meaning is more time with their family, more time with their children, um, and so I just thought it might be uh, useful to just think for a few minutes about what that means in terms of your children's spiritual well-being. So your children obviously are not at Sunday school anymore. They won't be going to youth group. Um, maybe your church is providing some online resources for your children, young people, but actually parents are, are having to take um, responsibility for that. Yeah. And I think we think probably they ought to be taking responsibility for that anyway, but many may have found it easy to to you know entrust that to delegate, the church, yeah. delegate yeah. that to the church but but right now that's not possible um how is that going in your family amanda well
1: i i'm we are very blessed that our excellent uh family and communities worker is um is is running an online zoom for our very tiny youth group uh, yesterday Um, one of my sons ran through the kitchen shouting that he needed a spatula because they were doing an online scavenger hunt. (laughs) And then also carrying his pull-up bar. So anyway, yeah, they've been having lots of fun and really benefiting from that and studying, you know, one Timothy. So, you know, she works them hard. Um, But, you know, obviously, actually we've been talking to them about their devotional lives because, you know, their their routine has gone. Um, so Indeed, we're, trying,
0: yeah.
1: we're trying to encourage them to find new ways maybe of accessing things their dad is doing an online morning prayer and, you know they could watch a video of their dad doing that they've been what they've been watching the service with us um but yes it, it, it is time to sort of check up and check in i guess to to how people's devotional lives all of us you know yeah. our routines are shot and you know our devotional lives are a bit all over the place sorry here comes the dog um, Good morning, <laughs> Theo. Um,
0: and so, uh, obviously, you know your your children are are a bit older now, older, and, yeah. and at different times, you know you've had different routines with family devotions. What what advice might you have for somebody who is in that situation of suddenly realising for the first time that actually they are responsible for this and? wanting to do the right thing, wanting to help their children spend time with the Lord and do that together as a family. Yeah, um,
1: I, what advice do you yeah there, there, there are different stages. So, you know, when they're little, you put them to bed and you read them a story. And we would always read the Bible story at that stage. So, you know, if you've not made a habit of doing that, that could be something you introduce. Just get a children's Bible and read a Bible story and do a little prayer. That's, that's not a difficult thing to do, I'm sure. And you
0: used to always do this. I remember uh, putting your children to bed, sing them a hymn.
1: We did, yes, we did. That's we had there were several. Hymns. We we went we went for a hymn rather than a sweet little song because we thought they would, you know, just learn that off by heart. So there's there a couple couple of quite large songs that I learned by heart and my children therefore learned by heart. Um, In Christ alone was one of the favourites that we did. So um, yeah, so there, there's you know you can say a blessing over them. One of the things that we used to give out at church was. Um, uh, something that desiring God did which was the father's blessings for his children recognizing that quite often it's the mums who do the bedtimes um, and just encouraging the dads but you you could go through the through the new testament and pick or the whole of the bible and pick out a few um, bible blessings and then say them over your children at bedtime again those are just little things that would put that routine of of God's word in their lives Um,
0: yeah and that's something uh, that would be great to do I mean you know great to do now but actually you know that's an ongoing routine yeah for as long yeah. as your children are young enough that you're putting them to bed isn't it that's yeah absolutely
1: you, the you moment. Would, would pray a prayer pray blessing over them as they go to sleep so yeah that's something um now that my kids are a bit older we, d- we do pray together um uh, we're not a very routine family so that's we don't have a sort of strict rhythm and since lockdown i've also had a horrible toothache so all family rhythm has gone completely to pot but we have we have met together to pray together um but there are there are actually i, I have got sort of there are loads of resources 10 of those will, will sell you anything uh that takes your fancy but there are sort of three things that i have found which are have, have served as well from the ages of sort of seven and i would still not use now that even that my daughter's 18 um that that still work well this is just very i mean this is nothing really it's it's called devotional dippers it's done by 10 of those and you you go in it's quite fun and you get a little um
0: i'm just going to to describe this for people listening to the audio version i feel very yes it's a little
1: stick you pick out of a pot and it gives you a word mercy forgiveness for those who don't deserve it read luke six think what does being merciful look like pray so it's just a little but the fun is that you pick out the dipper and it's random so there's a sort of fun in that. Um, the other thing, the other books that we have used regularly is Thoughts to Make Your Heart Sing by Sally Lloyd-Jones. Beautiful oh. illustrations, but also beautiful, quite um, not obvious thoughts. So even for older teenagers, if if you, if you want to grab something, everyone's been grumpy and you want a thought, it's yeah, beautiful and and something just a little bit off, not a sort of, standard Bible story. The other one that we've used but I don't think this is in print anymore so um, Jonathan Carswell, if you're watching Step by, Step by Step by John Edison is just a daily mixed Bible reading used for donkey's years by lots of different people with um, a few thoughts and um, depending how long people are prepared to read for this is basically you have to gauge the attention span and I think what we found is yeah because we're not routine people we're not good at sticking with the sort of standard routine but w- when we can grab a moment we grab a moment mm-hmm. with the whole family but also encourage indiv- the individuals older individuals to to study for themselves and to talk about things as well so there's also there's also not just a sort of a personal devotional time but also discussing things as they come up as they come up on the tv or as they just they've had a chat with friends at school, or um, Tomorrow night, um, Rebecca McLaughlin is doing a discussion with Glenn Scrivener. Oh, no, not with Glenn Scrivener. She's she's doing a she's doing a um, evangelistic things.
0: Pete Williams, isn't
1: it? I think. Is it? Oh yeah, that's right. With Pete Williams from Tyndale House. Yeah. Online discussion about the reliability of the New Testament, those sort of things. And um, our youngest is quite interested in apologetics, so we're going to try and sit down and watch that as a family on Instagram. I'm not quite yeah. sure how we'll project that, but.
0: And I think, I, I think it's really Thank great, you. actually. I like that the stuff that you've recommended is stuff that you've been using for years. Yes. There is some really great stuff that people are producing online right now. So Faith in Kids, I know, are doing yeah. some things. Yeah. And, and I'm sure there are others as well. People are doing school assembly type stuff and, and yeah. other videos. And that's great. And I, I would encourage parents to, to u- make use of those. Yeah. But I think it would be better if what people were able to do is build something up now that can become a routine that lasts yeah. much longer. Yeah, so okay. a, r- a routine
1: it doesn't mean every day for a year. It might be twice a week for five years.
0: Yeah, you know, but it's little. something you feel that you could do without having somebody else producing a special yeah. resource and that that yeah. then you're in charge of that and you can say actually let's grab the the book or the dipper or whatever and work we'll yeah. the devotion yeah. whenever and wherever that is. And I think that's a that would be a really valuable and,
1: uh, and I think there's something as well. I mean we've got three things here. And actually if there's a little bit of choice, not a huge choice. <laughs> again that you know that helps your slightly grumpy 10 year old yeah to say, okay which one do you want to do and you pick it and so you have some flexibility you don't feel that that, that you know it's always nice to complete something isn't it but there's also mm-hmm. that actually teaching some Bible is better than teaching no Bible because you've had an argument about using that particular book so it's it's that sort of flexibility and thinking every bit of scripture that yeah. comes from every, every word that comes from the mouth of God uh, does not return empty and you know to remember that
0: yes and I also wonder I, I don't know whether this is true of your family at all or not at the moment Amanda but if your family if people's families are uh, struggling a little bit to all love each other all the time during lockdown I would say there is nothing better for that than having to pray together it yeah. just you know it may be really hard and people have different personalities and all keeped up and all of those kind of things yeah. but actually if you can manage to say a prayer together it does defuse quite a lot of, of yeah
1: and um to pray for something outside the family as well so not just praying for one another but um there's a, a little girl in our kids club who had to have an operation this week and so we were able to pray for her together and and there there was more urgency to pray from from the boys who are lead the kids club than there are for other sort of random things so
0: yeah so that's nice so that's, yeah. You know, yeah great well just as we finish i know we've we've recommended a few things there but i'm just going to ask you um uh amanda to share one or two things that you found encouraging or interesting uh over the last few weeks
1: yeah so well i actually picked a couple of things that i've last couple of days really um uh, the I'm sure lots of you have already seen the UK blessing, but the song that's gone out online um, with singers from so many different churches in the UK. There was a real encouragement to me to see all those faces, particularly how multicultural it was, and um, I think it's a really good thing to share online. And also this morning, I saw a brand new song from Colin Buchanan that favourite <laughs> of kids, uh, well, uh, kids uh, Christian music. He's done a lovely little song of, on Psalm one three nine, so it's more more adult, but also teach your children that that God cares for them from the womb. So as you know, it's a real thing. If you if you are thinking about the issue of abortion, actually that's a beautiful song to be reflecting on. Yeah. And talking of abortion, um, we've been watching quite a lot of Silent Witness. There's there's like hundred no, I don't more than a hundred episodes online on iPlayer at the moment. And last night's episode was uh, there was a Uh, sort of incident where Harry the forensic pathologist uh, met a young man who he thought might be his child after his student girlfriend he'd asked her to get an abortion so there's just a little ethical interesting ethical dilemma there which you know might generate a conversation with teenagers but also was interesting for us to reflect on so I recommend Silent Witness for some, You know some good <laughs> detective sort of drama, but also some uh, interesting uh, reflections on society on occasion. not always
0: great good and i'm I'm going to recommend a book, but actually I read a couple of months ago, but I was reminded of it last week because somebody has written a review of it uh, mm-hmm. for our journal, and that is unexceptional. By uh, Sharon, I would say Sharon Dirksen, that's her name. Dickens. Dickens, that's right, I'm thinking different places. Sharon Dickens from 20 Schemes. And it is a book about women's ministry, but it is a book about women's ministry like I've never read before, really. It's eight or nine women in different places with very different kind of backgrounds, some of them talking about how they came to faith, but then all of them talking about how they minister to women by sharing their lives, that's really the big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not about going and getting trained up at Bible college, it's, it's not about, um, you know, being, a, a, having particular teaching gifts necessarily, but actually uh, sharing lives, building community, reaching out, um, yeah, I, I was so encouraged by it. And I think it's a wonderful vision for what women's ministry can look like, but I think it's also a wonderful vision of what a church should be like and so i commend it to you whether you are male or female um to think about how your church could be doing that sort of every member ministry um better um, so good well i'll put links to all of those uh in what i like to call the program notes but really is just the blog post and uh i will be back next week do you remember to subscribe do you remember to click the notification bell and uh, do share the podcast uh, with uh, your friends, people at church, anyone who you think might be interested. Thanks so much, Amanda. Bye. See you next time.